What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Competent Conversations podcast. This is episode 24. I'm here with my co-host, Tequan Lino, and we're going to talk about uh, the rational male, more so red pill awareness that's going to expose a couple things for the, the, the man who may be uh, a little jaded in his relationship, a little confused. They may be going through some problems, and we're going to expose a lot of things. And for the women who are listening, this is also going to reveal... Uh, your, maybe your side of things uh, as far as why you conflict with your man in a relationship, what you're really maybe looking for a man. And we're going to break down a lot of dynamics. Uh, this author, Rolo Tomasi, he has a background in psychology. And what we're talking about is strictly from a behavioral perspective. He's analyzed and studied women uh, based on his relationships and his friends and some people he doesn't even know relationships and what they've uh, spoken to him and he's kind of broke down and dissected some of the natures of men and women in you know society today and why relationships succeed and also why they fail uh taekwon you want you want to say something to the people i just want to say thank you guys for all the feedback you have been giving us over the live sessions that we do thank you guys for tuning into the podcast episodes even though i know um we're still in quarantine and you know sometimes it's hard to like hear other people um opinions on things so what we're pretty much just trying to do is just give you guys a different topic of conversation i guess and while we're in this quarantine time i want to just say um we all should be working on ourselves in some type of way so that's what we're trying to do is just give you guys this information so you guys can keep you know forwarding yourselves and forwarding you know humanity at the same token um but that's all i got for that conversation there as far as the rational male, where would you like to start at? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the Rational Male is a book I cracked open about a couple of weeks ago, either a week or two. And I've been reading it. And it's been very interesting. It's breaking down um, a lot of it focused mainly on men and masculinity, but it also relates to the relationship that men have with women. Um, and in this book, he breaks down Rolo Tomasi, who's the author of The Rational Male. Uh, breaks down a lot of dynamics and talks about alpha males versus beta males. And when people hear that, they may think, whoa, like, what do you mean? Like alpha males also automatically the thing you think about, like, oh, silverback gorilla, like he's the alpha, mm -hmm. he, you know, whatever. But he wants us to look at it clearly just as concepts opposed to, um, you know, good or bad, things of that nature. So, um it's, it's about men finding themselves. And I feel like in today's society, uh, it's very feminized. And I'll explain what I mean um, about that a little later. But uh, it's about finding yourself as a man. So as a man, we're born alpha. We're born with certain, you know, unconscious motives and tendencies that help us to be uh, what a man is. We're fueled by testosterone and we uh, have certain outlooks in life naturally. But you know, through being raised and through experiences we go through, we, we kind of tend towards what he would call a beta male uh, psych a mindset or psychology. And, you know, when you're when a kid is five years old, you're going to see him being confident. You're going to see him uh, maybe even, you know, in a classroom, if he likes a girl, throw a paper at her. He doesn't care. Like he's just doing what he does. Uh, as he grows older, he may even like just do things that are very risky and against what his parents said. It's that overall idea of confidence and authenticity, being yourself. But because we fear rejection and things of that nature, and also 
you know, we're told by, let, let, let's be honest, most of our teachers are female, um, you know, even told by our mothers, certain way to act, certain ways to act, it kind of skews or changes our um, perspective of how we should be as a man. And he wants to get us back to the source, the, the thing that makes you essentially alpha from birth. Um, and this plays into relationships. So, you know, men a lot of the times think that I should find the one. I should be, you know, looking for the love of my life. There's only one through a, let's say, a holy matrimony, if you will, uh, that's going to make me find the one person for me. But what he wants us to understand is that the fact that you're looking for the one is feeding to the feminine imperative, meaning uh, women have competition anxiety, meaning like they want, they want, they, 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 they uh, will get, let's say, insecure if there's other options for a man. But a man that's being himself authentic, authentically and in his purpose is, is, is not necessarily thinking about what people think about that purpose or him in general. He's on his stride. He's on his path. And when we, when we sacrifice that and only focus on a woman, it kind of is detrimental to us. And honestly, I think that women will actually begin to resent a man if he submits that power that he had that initially attracted her. So it's about keeping that direction, keeping that focus, keeping that, that alpha-like mentality of confidence and authenticity and not letting it waver. So we, we're going to go into multiple different directions with that premise, but Taekwon, what do you feel as far as um, that mentality that 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 uh, that men actually sacrifice themselves for a woman, and once they get with a woman, they kind of get all foggy-headed and forget their purpose, their morals, their values, and just you know kind of submit to all of her wants and want to be her friend and want to do everything she wants to do. That right there, I believe, is maybe unknowingly to certain men, but it's the beginning of the downfall for a woman respecting you because you're not essentially being an alpha male, which is what attracted her to you in the first place. I think that's the common theme in our society because if you go based on like all our influences um, through the media, like television and stuff like that, um, TV shows, sitcoms, whatever, rom-com movies, it's always the guy chasing the girl and then the guy gets to this happy ending where everything's fine, you know, and we always look at that and we kind of admire that. We're like, yo, I want that kind of relationship because it's idealistic and everybody wants to be happy in some way. So you kind of think, well, if I do everything the woman wants, it'll make her happy. How many times do you hear the whole happy wife, happy life situation? But we fail to look at the, the male in that picture. When he's saying happy wife, happy life, he's usually already run ragged. He's deteriorizing and maybe his like personal hygiene or, you know, he's just tired because he's overworked. Meanwhile, the wife is out there shopping, spending all the money. And he's just like, damn, I got the same outfits every week. You know, it's either the work outfit or the lounging outfit. We don't really see the male become happy. We just always submit ourselves to the women. And those, you know, TV shows, I'm not saying it's not possible, but based on the logic from this book, I can see how, the male sacrificing himself for the women is unattractive. Again, when the male starts to deteriorate from his actual um, biological instincts, you always see that the, the chase is no longer there. He's no longer chasing the woman. The woman's no longer chasing him. We just become 
these two beings that happen to tolerate each other. We just kind of find a way to coexist. And it also happens with like the, the families. When you start a family, you're like, all right, we're just staying together for the kids because the husband and wife don't have that that hard love anymore. It's just like, oh, we, we did it. We got this far. And now we just have to worry about the family. So I think um, the one-itis that uh, Rolo talks about, I think it's really important to realize that there's not always going to be the one for you. There are multiple versions of the one. You can also make a version of the one because there's so many people in life. But by making the version of the one, you're not changing somebody. You're only accepting certain standards from certain people. You know, we think about the one as, oh, they have to hit all these um, these specifications in this column. They have to hit every single thing, and I will have the perfect version of my person. But you need to be able to sacrifice and say what's most important. And I think the male needs to say the most important thing is for me to remain alpha, and that will lead to a happier life. Right, and alpha is having that vision for your life. And I feel that a woman feels more secure and protected when a man has that vision and also is showing results. Um, and I don't want people to think that relationships are a bad thing. It's about how to uh, manufacture or cultivate a relationship that will be successful. So this is going to be contrary to maybe some popular belief, but uh, there's a term called hypergamy, meaning mm -hmm. that women are selective in their mating. They're also opportunistic. They want the person who has the best genes, the best qualities of themselves, so that they can reproduce that type of um, essence in their offspring. And uh, with that, there's competition anxiety because, you know, there's a certain male that they want. And we're talking about this alpha gene, this this guy who's confident, who has his own mindset, who who wants to uh, make the most out of his life. And um, when when a woman finds that man, it's like, I want to I want to capture that. I want to keep that. But the thing is that someone who has that alpha mentality may lack the what they call beta skills as far as like, you know, being there for her emotionally, hearing her out and all these other things, uh, providing, uh, um, you know, just just, you know, I'm here for you no matter what. I love you. There's no one else I'm thinking about. But the thing is that with guys, we at a uh, primal level want unlimited access to unlimited sexuality. So we want to be able to spread our seed as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So that also makes sense when you think about the fact that men can reproduce until, you know, they're very, very old age. We could reproduce forever. Um, but a woman has a limited time of like, this is the window that I need where I can reproduce and have a healthy baby. So there ends up being like, again, this competition anxiety where it's, you know, uh, I don't want someone else to get that guy. But with a guy, he's the complete opposite where he wants abundance. So to have a healthy relationship, you know, you mentioned somewhere, you may not have said this word specifically like pursued, but a woman also all, always wants to feel pursued because it makes her feel uh, comfortable and like confident in that of like, you know, I'm secure. But Rolo Tomasi speaks about a guy having a mindset of abundance. So even if you are in a committed relationship, you want to make that woman woman know that she's with the right person because there's multiple people that would want to have him. Meaning, he can go into an environment and make people laugh. He can go into an environment and assert himself. He may be a CEO or a boss of his company, or you know, there's certain um, societal uh, status that he has where you know, even from the high school level, he may have been the popular kid, things of that nature. We want that 
what was woman they want that and it's like they also in an idealistic mindset want a merge between alpha with some beta with some beta characteristics where you know they can provide nurture make her feel secure and all these other things but if you do it too much as a guy that's where a woman's going to lose interest because it's like, oh, I'm too comfortable. I'm too secure. Mm -hmm. I know there's no one else that I, that he wants. So her competition anxiety goes down. And even when we speak about sex, there, there, people wonder why, you know, the first six months or, 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 or so in the relationship, you know, you got that hot, sweaty sex is, you know, we're doing things all the time in any place. It doesn't matter. We're just getting crazy with it. Um, the reason why that dies down is because a guy, when he's in that state, he may he may get into that savior mentality of like, you know, I'm always here. I'm always going to provide. And it, and it makes a woman feel secure to a point where it's like, well, where's my competition? Or well, why do I have to do the things that turned you on before? Because um, I know I got you. And that's why we see, you know, maybe marriages fail and things of that nature. It's like um, I it, it's it's a primal thing that she really can't control that makes her feel like he's off the market. But even if you're in a relationship, you want to make it seem like you can still be on the market if you wanted to. You, you still have that confidence about you, that abundance mentality about you, that charisma about you that would attract someone. But And that keeps her kind of excited that she's with you and also motivated to keep showing you why, why she is someone that you should stick with. If she loses that um, for whatever reason, is going to contribute to maybe some more stagnancy or dullness in the relationship. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and th th that's just kind of grazing the surface of being plugged in or unplugged. So someone who's plugged in has this one-itis mentality of like, you know, it's only about, you know, the one person I can find. I found the one woman, so, you know, I'm only going to make her feel like she's the one, which I don't necessarily think is impossible. I don't think it's a bad thing where you... Um, you know, make your moment feel secure, but you also want to keep that, for lack of better terms, that spunk to you, that 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 thing about you that's just like, oh man, like that's it right there. Whether it's the confidence, the charisma, the sense of humor, whatever it is, you want to keep her uh, reinforced with knowing I, I got the right guy because he can be maybe multiple things at once. He, he has that abundance mentality and he's always trying to grow. When we sacrifice that is when we start to, see different conflicts in the relationship yeah i believe that usually the relationships in the beginning are like the best that's the best time there's always like in society men say women go crazy after 90 days or whatever um we try to impose these like little stigmas and we try to avoid them as well um women say that men may become lackluster after a certain amount of time i don't really know what the women conversation is but it's usually like the beginning of a relationship is the most fruitful, the most fun. It's like the most adventurous because you're getting to know each other and you're beginning to like, it's like the honeymoon phase. Like people enjoy that so much. And like you said, it begins to deteriorate when we start escaping our roles. So as far as the women go, I believe that they start to conform the men to their standards. And that's like a test. That's a test of the man's character. If she's gonna, if he's gonna conform to her standards, that means he has whatever beta characteristics she's looking for. And once the woman is in control, that means she can exert herself as the dominant alpha in that relationship. So, like they say, the who's wearing the pants in the relationship? Once the woman's wearing the pants, she's won the game. 
now she's got no reason to want that man anymore. She's got to find something to keep her attracted to this man. The beta characteristic is only going to last but so long. And that's where you have like that lackluster sex again. You know, it, it gets boring. So they say that the women are always going to step out on a marriage or relationship at a certain point in her life. May it be like, um, I don't know why they say it though. Like biologically, they say women hit puberty a little bit later or something like that, or I forget what it is. But they say like, usually around that midlife crisis when the women would start to fool around and stuff like that. And the men, they fool around earlier in life. But you have to ask a question as to why. You have to look at it a little bit deeper on that alpha beta level. Why is the male having such a such a fun time in his earlier 20s, 30s, or whatever part of his life, and then the women get to that part later on? Is it because the men have exerted their alphaness so much early in time that they just begin to, like, tire out, and then the women have to take over? Or, like, wh- what's going on with that? What do you think that is, Rashad? Why, why a woman tires out um, after she's been in a relationship for a while? Well, like, why would a woman, you know, so like men tend to cheat earlier in life and then they just like kind of settle down. Like they do their dirt and then they just like settle down. But if the idea or the biological premise is to spread your loins as far as possible, wouldn't you keep on going constantly throughout life? And then why is it that women, once the men actually settles down, they start to like, spread themselves a little bit more. Well, uh, Rolo Tomasi speaks about, um, and I'm sorry if I sound a little different, guys. My my uh, microphone literally just died out on me mm. in the middle of the show, but we're going to keep it going. Um, pretty much, uh, so with guys wanting unlimited access to unlimited sexuality, uh, Rolo Tomasi speaks about spinning plates, meaning, which is going to be oh, controversial theory? to the... Yeah, plate theory. Okay. Um, it's going to be controversial to popular belief because it sounds like this is what women ridicule us for. And it's going to sound like, what? How dare you think this and say this as your primary mentality? But he speaks about we should be having the idea of spinning plates because uh, it's almost like if you imagine a plate on a stick and a stick is uh, the plate is spinning on the stick. It's like we're trying to balance this all at one time, almost like someone juggling. And the reason why we do that is because, or why we want to do that is because that that desire for for unlimited access, and um, the the ultimate uh, benefit in it is one you have the mindset of, of abundance. You know that there's not just one. You're looking at potential candidates, mm-hmm. and while you're spinning this plate, you, you're you're really able to exercise that and, and see what it is. And from that consensus or from that population of people that you're maybe spinning plates with uh meaning you're entertaining them sexually you're entertaining them emotionally not necessarily emotionally but like you know there's some form of connection there with an implication that this could be something more so you know when when guys say you know i'm just a bachelor i'm one friends with benefits or whatever that type of phase where you said you know we're, we're, we're out here having sex with a bunch of people early on then we lock it in mm-hmm. you know we lock it in later on the reason why that's beneficial is because we're able to exercise our abundance and see who could be the best candidate because eventually, you know, there are benefits to a relationship, but you want to end up with the right one. So eventually you're going to lock it in and um, put all that stuff to rest. But you want to see who is the best candidate out of this pool of people that I have. If you have a one-itis mentality, you're only going to look for one person. You found one that's pretty, whatever. Okay, boom, I'm going to give her all my attention. And again, that kind of ends up being detrimental early on because, 
uh, it just shows her that you don't have options. You may not have confidence and um, it, it just, it just questions your market value, so to speak. But if you're spinning those multiple plates, you're as a man finding out who will be that best person. If, if you have 10 women, let's say, you know, and, and or you, you're dating people throughout a several year period, there's some plates that might fall off that stick and break. You, you have to be confident enough to say that I can move on. Or there may be a woman that says, hey, you know, I don't want to I don't want to play these games anymore. Either we're we're, we're something or we're nothing. Mm. And, you know, unless you know in your heart this is the right one you have to be okay to say, okay, well, then she's going to leave. But the idea of spinning these plates is to, want, is to, again, have that unlimited access so that you can, therefore, make your choice. But And 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 uh, uh, it may sound tricky, but that's actually what keeps certain women around, knowing that he can have options, that I have a high market value guy, and it's going to spike her competition anxiety and say like you know i want to be the it's going to bring the best out of her in a sense where it's like i want to show him why there should be no other competition mm -hmm. and if you're able to achieve that then you know that you guys are secure with one another and you know we, we're, we're each other's best option but with you know with the perspective of you know why does someone get in a relationship right away and then you know a couple years or a few months down the road we have issues and the sex is dropping off all that stuff it's because a guy has ceased that competition mentality within a woman and kind of made her feel like like for example like a guy could be on we see it plenty of times when a guy's on his purpose he's on his path and then he gets with a woman and sacrifices it all and that same power that attracted her to you is what you've sacrificed that you can be all up under her, kissing up on her and not being a man on your purpose. And that's essentially going to turn her off because you're losing some of those alpha qualities of confidence, of achieving certain things, of being able to be secure within yourself. And therefore, for a family one day, she wants to always feel like you have that same juice to you, that same spunk, that same... Um, charisma and excitement that that draw her in because women also love imagination and if you can't continue to nurture that imagination um it's going to die off it's going to it's going to lose some of the excitement you're going to you're going to you know the relationship will lose some of that excitement and um kind of ferocity that it had to it that makes sense that makes sense so one of the things that you said was how the um well let me see the, the cheating, I want to like focus on that because I know in the beginning, the one-itis um, chapter, Tomasi was talking about how women cheat with the the alpha after they got the beta. So normally, like, and in a relationship, the women might find the alpha male, reproduce with the alpha male, and then ditch him for a beta male because he might be too alpha. Once she gets the beta male, she'll step out with another alpha male type shit. Right. Um, so with that in mind, it's like we're almost kind of like predisposed to cheat because the biggest thing is that the alpha male wants to spread his loins as far as possible. So if an alpha male gets tied down with a female, he's always going to be looking for that next female to spread his loins to and this, that, and the third. So right. almost like we're not supposed to be monogamous, mm -hmm. right? Right. And that's real quick, real quick to interject. Mm -hmm. That's why uh, when people are in a... Um polyamorous relationship has been shunned by society when i say it's feminist society it's because that that caters to the feminine imperative of like you know you shouldn't be out here looking for someone else or whatever be, or have multiple people because that's going to make her competition anxiety raise very high 
and they don't like that. But it's also the thing that kind of triggers the best out of them or like the 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 thing that's going to make them show that they are valuable. So that's also how, in a sense, it's been feminized from a young age, you know, where women who've been hurt by guys in the past, they're going to teach their son, you know, don't do this to a woman, do these things for a woman, do all this stuff where, you know, men have been given the burden of competition anxiety, where it's like, we have to prove why we are the selective male or the male that, you know, that you should choose where a woman is just like, I should just be respected because I'm a woman. You should hold the door for me because I'm a woman. You should mm-hmm. do this and be nice to me because I'm a woman. So I just want to throw that in as to how, with what you're saying, that's also how the, how people will say we're in a feminist society. Yeah. Yeah. So what I was going to say was like, as far as like the cheating goes, it's like, again, we're all predisposed to cheating. And then you have the reasons as far as like one being alpha and whatever I guys just explained. But my thing is, is there a way to stop that? You know, because as you said, we have to live in a competitive society. So also in that first chapter, Tomasi describes the the male as like a prize that women should be chasing, not the other way around. There's mm-hmm. so many um, good factors about the alpha male that we should be the prize, whereas mm-hmm. the women are trying to hold us down and keep us into that committed relationship because we have those great genes, the protectability, the survivability, the provider asset to us, the mm-hmm. women should be chasing us. So with that being said, it's like, if that's the competition that we're supposed to be driving up, isn't there a way that we can keep the relationships fresh where we don't have to cheat? Because if the monogamous relationship gets boring, we start to step out. So mm-hmm. how do we keep that going in a positive manner so everybody feels safe in their relationship? Yeah, and Rolo, Rolo Tomasi speaks about that, about how, you know, if you are in a relationship and you guys have made that um, agreement with one another, you should not cheat because that's weak. But you can still keep certain exciting things about your personality that also shows that if you wanted somebody, you could get them or someone else would be entertained by you. And this is also breaking down the dichotomy between the options versus opportunity mindset or like, let's say, cat- categorization. Because women have, because this is where it also gets funny too, where we're supposed to be taught as men to have that one-itis. Women have multiple options. They know that sex is the biggest appeal and their biggest weapon. So you'll see posts on Facebook, Instagram that are kind of um, suggesting or tempting posts, you know, and, and, you know, the guy who's under her comments saying, oh, I wish I could do this to you or you're so sexy. She doesn't want him because you've already showed that without me giving you any type of attention, I got all your attention. I got your commitment to me. And they, with that being said, they have a pool of options. They have some people that are options, meaning like you're just like a regular guy. You know, you do the, te- the typical things. You're trying to spit this regular game to me. I've seen this before, you know, through high school, middle school, college. They've seen it. But the guy who's an opportunity is in a different category, meaning like he's a little different. He moves to his, the beat of his own drum. Um, he has a, a different mindset. He's not chasing me. He's content whether I'm here or I'm not. And that's just shown in certain overt ways because as men, we communicate overtly. That could be a guy that's on his purpose, a guy that has a vision for himself, a plan. And that's going to always keep woman a woman interested because you're different than the options, the regular people that will be classified as beta. You're an alpha because you know, you, you have an abundance mindset that doesn't have to just be with women. That could be in the workforce in building your own business because in general, in relationships, whether that's uh, intersexual dynamics or just in business, the person who has more options or or 
wants or needs the other person less is the one who has the more power in a relationship. So if they have that mentality and they have that abundance mentality and that that, uh, power driven in the sense of they make their own rules, they can control the circumstances of their life, that's going to give you that alpha essence to you and that 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 aura that yo this guy can do whatever he wants this guy can have whatever he wants and he's not willing to sacrifice himself you know just because I'm in the picture I'm in the picture to nurture that vision and add to his life opposed to becoming the only focus of his life because once you do that again it, it turns her off in a sense you've lost certain alpha qualities um, and in a relationship to keep it not boring, you have to do these things. You have to show why you're an opportunity, meaning like, yeah, he's on his purpose. He's doing his thing, but I didn't even expect it. But at five o'clock, he came home with my favorite chocolates. He came home with my favorite stuff, uh, my favorite, favorite bath wash or, or, uh, um, things that I like, you know, that he pays attention and I can't figure this guy out. He has such, uh, a charisma, uh, unpredictability, um, uh, uh, essence about him that would make someone else attracted to him, whether that's business wise, whether that's in a relationship. And if you can keep that aura going, even while in a committed relationship without, you know, that's, that's what you, that's, that's how you keep that without having to cheat. You can, you can keep that excitement in it. That makes sense. Cause I remember we was talking about that a little bit earlier where we were saying how, um, I, actually, I think we did that on a live session I think it might have been a live session where we was talking about how if you want to keep the relationship spontaneous, you'll go, um, you'll have a certain regimen. Maybe that was on the, the laws of power. You have like a certain regimen, like you have a certain schedule that you tend to follow with your significant other. You know, you come home from work, cook dinner, run a bath, whatever, whatever. But then certain days you'll be like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym this day. Like you just kind of throw mm-hmm. off your game a little bit. Actually, yeah. um, Tomasi was talking about that as well when he was saying how a lot of times in a relationship, when they start to get boring, the woman, she'll like pay no attention to the male or whatever. And then mm. he'll start going to the gym. And all of a sudden, he becomes an option for other women. He becomes a target for other women because he's starting right. to reshape his life. And that makes him more attractive. Therefore, in turn, your relationship starts to get a little bit better because now the woman is interested again. So it feels like it feels like a relationship is more so like a cat and mouse game of like how to keep the other person interested. And maybe we right. tend to forget that because, like I said, the chase is usually more interesting. And women love the chase. And they always say like, yo, after X amount of time in a relationship, why don't you treat me like the way you used to do in the beginning? Why don't you hold the doors for me anymore? And I think it's because of that mentality as well. It's like, yo, once we got you as a male, we just figure, hey, we got you. You ain't going nowhere type shit. I did my job. And that's mm-hmm. the downfall for most relationships. It's like, yo, yep. your work is never done. You still got to keep putting in that maximum effort to get what you want. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. That's what's going to make her start looking elsewhere for that same, you know, excitement or that other alpha male who can kind of uh, reinvigorate that. I want to transition real quick as mm-hmm. to something that I spoke about on a live. And I also made a couple posts about this, um, about if men and women can be friends. And oh, okay. I always have... I have my stance on as to why they can't be because meaning, meaning like this, if you're in a committed relationship or when you're with somebody else, a a friendship of the opposite sex isn't going to last. And there's several reasons why. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, I would, I always set the stance of, you know, that type of energy and time and and quality time spent should be reserved for your, for your companion. 
But Rolo Tomasi speaks about that in his book as well. And he, he says something similar to what I said, but adds a little different dynamic to it. So let's say, you know, again, we're sexual beings, we're different sexes. So we're going to have different approaches and different variables that come into that dynamic. So let's say there's no relationship. Let's say that neither person's in a relationship and a man and woman are just being friends. From early on, a woman knows if she would be willing to have sex with you or not, if you kind of fit whatever her checklist is. And if she's not, she's going to hit you with the let's just be friends mentality, the let's just be friends rejection. Mm -hmm. And it is a rejection, but some men see it as, oh, this is my opportunity to prove to her why um, I can be an option and why she should have sex with me. But the fact that you go ahead and do that and show like, you know, oh, I'm going to still give you my energy and show you why I can be that person you want to have sex with and be with right there it shows her you have no options and that you have a lack of confidence in yourself to just say, Hey, you know, well, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep it moving then. Also, if you guys do start out as friends and then one of you guys get a, a partner, let's say she gets a boyfriend, you get a girlfriend either way. It's, it's, it's not going to be healthy to your relationship as well, because let's say the girl that you're a friend with is a eight out of 10 and the girl you're dating is a seven or a six. If you ever say, you know, because friendship has certain things that need to be nurtured to keep it a real friendship. If you say, hey, you know, you know, Susie's going through something. I'm going to go to her house. We're going to spend a couple hours and just talk because she needs some quality time. That's not going to fly in a relationship because your woman is automatically going to feel a threat. This could go back to competition anxiety mm -hmm. or a couple other things. She's going to feel a threat of like. Nah, you're not about to be in this girl's house by yourself for two hours. Well, what the heck is that about? You're not going to lunch for an hour and a half by yourself together. What is that about? She's going to start feeling insecure and vice versa with guys. If she, if you're an eight and this guy that's her friend is a 10, how are you going to feel if she says, hey, John needs my support. I'm going to go hang out with him for like two hours and we're going to just have lunch or go to his house. And we're just going to talk. That's not going to fly because he's going to feel a certain type of way. Also, men and women have different frameworks for friendships the way that guys relate uh to another guy as being their friend is different than women relating to other women as being their friend mm -hmm. and if you come into it like let's be friends and you're a man and she's a woman one of those paradigms are going to have to be fulfilled and a lot of times it's a woman's paradigm that will be fulfilled of you know her feeling like she's like the center of attention, all the things that she's going through are what's most important, meaning she's going to want to be on the phone with you for an hour or two venting about, oh, this person, whether it's gossip, oh, this person did this to me, or, you know, this girl at work, I can't stand how she's this and that. And by doing that, it's, 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 it's uh, contrary to your nature. We don't want to sit here and gossip all day as men and, and say certain things. And also women have like more of an emotional mindset where a guy's first instinct is logical. So we may be talking about the same problem, but looking at it in different ways and it gets frustrating. And um, also um, they may lash out. Let's say a woman lashes out at you and says certain things because she's mad and emotional. Some of the things that she'll say to you if it was your boy saying that, you'd be ready to punch him in the face or have an argument with him about. But because it's a woman, you know, you'll, you'll take it, you'll hear it out, you'll whatever. And um, it just shows that you're not going to be able to live up to that that paradigm that she has for a friendship. Uh, whether, again, it's because you have someone else that you're, that is your true companion and that's going to be unfair to them. Or you guys just have two different mindsets of going into a relationship. 
um, even how you may joke with your boys. You're not going to joke the same way with a woman or she may not get it or it's just weird. So Rolo says a blunt statement with girls have boyfriends and they have girlfriends. If you're not fucking her, you're her girlfriend. Like you're just going to play that girlfriend role. I think there's a show on BT, an older show, Girlfriends, where there was a guy who was just kind of being the girlfriend. It's like you see that all the time. Like they're just going to treat you as a girlfriend. And I know I'm talking a lot, but I want to say one more point. Um, uh, pretty much some guys also think like, well, you know, that's not even re really my real goal. I want to get to know her and then she's going to introduce me to her friends. But what's going to happen is if you stick around and entertain her just because your goal is to get to her friends and see if you can mess with one of them, there's a couple things that happen. So one, their friends are going to look at you like, well, she was your first option and now I'm option number two. Mm -hmm. So that's always going to be an insecurity in the relationship. It also shows that this guy is that desperate where he didn't have that many options, so he was sticking around just to be her friend. Therefore, uh, do I really want him? I mean, it, it shows that he's a low commodity and is, you know, is kind of desperate in a sense. Last is, who's to say that she's going to introduce you to the friends that you want to get introduced to? Because, again, the competition anxiety won't allow her to do that. She wants you to be there as oh this is a whole other topic i can get into but she wants you to be there as maybe a confidant or someone she expresses her feelings to but she won't reward you with sex because we know uh because guys co communicate overtly and even on a primal level you see with different animals that you know there's the males of that animal kingdom uh do certain things and then they're rewarded with sex later on throughout the day or you know whatever they may be the dominant male in their tribe and then they have sex with whoever they want to have sex with in the of the female selection, but a woman going back to humans, that's just putting you as a, in a friend category. She's getting all the benefits of having you as her man of explaining her emotional problems. You're being there for support. Hey, can you pick me up something from the store? Hey, I need someone to fix my washer. My washing machine is messed up. You're doing all these things. And in the back of her mind, she knows she'll never give you sex. And therefore you're just being used for the other components that she needs, but you're not getting anything reciprocated. Going back to my original point is she's not going to introduce you to the females that she thinks is a threat. If she's a seven, she's not going to introduce you to an eight or a nine friend she has. She's going to introduce you to the other sixes and fives, because even if you get with them, she knows that there's no anxiety and he got the lesser option. So there's a lot of dynamics that happen um, when we're talking about, you know, men and women being friends, men and women in relationships and, and what have you. And again, this is all, I'm, I'm just quoting Rolo Tomasi and sharing these ideas with you guys. I don't want you to feel like, you know, Richard is saying this and that. <clears throat> Some of the things I do agree with though, but I just want to give you a clear um, breakdown of the book if you haven't read it. These are some of the concepts concepts that are considered red pill that will open your eyes to some of the natures of man as well as the natures of women and why certain relationships fail, why guys accept certain rejection, thinking that it's an opportunity opposed to a rejection and things like that. Okay. God damn. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot to unpack there. First off, I want to say one of the options is when a woman is um, putting a man in a, you know, the let's be friend situation and the man is looking for the opportunity with one of her other friends, she knows right. that if she sets him up with one of the other friends, she's going to lose his reliability, I guess you can say. She's going to lose all, all right. the options with him eventually if her friends hit him off. So right. as far as the um, as far as the the male helping out around the house, like say the boyfriend's not around and this guy's doing everything else. 
she's going to lose that friend if the relationship with one of her other friends starts to flourish. The other thing is a lot of times we, we think we should try harder instead of exploring all our options. We put ourselves in a box and a lot of times that, that box is just, it's a shallow way of thinking. It's, it's, it's conducive to our mental health. You put yourself in a box in one area of life, you start to put yourself in a box in many areas of life. So if the woman rejects you, you need to just kind of hold your chin up and be like, all right, well, fuck it, there's more options because there truly are many more options. We got to just stop reducing ourselves to smaller molecules to try to fit somebody else's lifestyle. The let's be friends option, that's fine, but we need to just keep that as like a cordial friend, not like a possible opportunity in the future. As far as the live session goes, though, I remember we were talking about the live session and the friend dynamic as far as like, how does a male manage a friendship and how does a female manage a friendship with the opposite sex? And is it, is it going to be damaging in the future? My personal opinion is if a woman is entertaining a male friend, it can become dangerous because he may, he may exhibit certain features, maybe alpha or beta features that she's looking for. There's a reason why she's entertaining that male. Same thing with the, with the guy. Like If he's entertaining a female, it can hurt the relationship because there's a certain reason why he's entertaining that. And that's why we always kind of fight over who our closest friends are when we're in a relationship. There's no way to fully accept that your partner is friends with somebody with the opposite sex with no sexual intentions. The only thing that we can probably do, do is just like trust each other. But there's also the opportunity of making something bigger than it is. Sometimes we have these, these friendships and we start to question our spouse, like, yo, why do you have so-and-so as like a friend? By questioning right. that friendship, you start to show that you're a little bit intimidated. You start to show your beta characteristics. When you right. show yourself as a beta, you expose that problem and you make her want that friendship a little bit more. You make her desire that male a little bit more. So it's kind of hard to play. Like I was thinking about it. I was like, how do you play that? Like you could either say, Hey, I don't want you having friends like this. And that shows your weakness. Or you say that and it assures that you're the dominant force and she's going to listen to you. It's kind of hard to play that. Well, another thing is that the reason why women want that is because, like I said before, let's say she's with an alpha male and he's doing a lot of things that make her feel happy that she's with him, make her feel mm -hmm. like I got the right one. Oh, man, this guy keeps me entertained. But he may not be there for emotion for her so emotionally because mm -hmm. he's out here grinding, he's working, he's doing what he got to do. She'll have this male friend that she talks to and he's going to take the brunt of that. He's going to be the one who gets all the <clears throat> emotional complaints from her, all the emotional security she needs, all the niceness and stuff that the alpha is not providing. And it, it leaves him being a beta male. It leaves him being used and a woman just uh, fulfilling her imperative of, you know, I need everything. Because essentially a woman wants a, 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 a healthy balance between alpha male and some beta qualities that would help me feel secure. So, I think that's the case, but you know, guys, you know, we can step up in that sense. It's a challenge. Like, okay, she loves me because I'm alpha, because I'm doing this and all this stuff. I keep her entertained and intrigued, but where can I kind of cool my flame in a sense and humble myself and hear her out at times and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, be there, <clears throat> continue to provide, uh, ask her how her day was, what's going on. 
um, to kind of keep the healthy balance so that she doesn't she doesn't um, really need that outside reinforcement. And the thing is that you also don't want her to be out there and, you know, you're, you're focused on your purpose and all that stuff. And then she finds another alpha and now she's thinking of stepping out the relationship. So, you know, for multiple reasons, that's the why we spoke about um, the dynamics of a relationship and friends, uh, uh, men, ma- male and female friends and stuff. You know, I, I prefer in a relationship to not have that going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have an acquaintance or someone you're cool with at work or, you know, every now and then you may get a call. And you guys are on the phone for a couple of minutes. But to have that person you're confiding in and doing all these other things with, I think it just leads. It just makes it prone to um, insecurity mm-hmm. is prone to, you know, worst case scenario, uh, stepping out the relationship and just kind of emotional cheating in a sense. So. I think that, you know, once you are committed, you guys should be committed to one another and that should be your best friend. And if you guys have things you're struggling with, because no marriage is going to be one way and perfect at all times, you got to talk about those things and kind of reevaluate why you guys are together as an alpha male. Why did you select this one from the place that you were spinning, you know, and, and maybe there's some things that she needs as a woman to kind of feel more loved, pursued and secure um that's another thing you want her to feel secure i mean pursued so you you don't want to just because you have her just feel like you know i'm not gonna do anything to 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 ruffle her imagination and do stuff like that you want to keep on her toes still and that that uh as a byproduct and uh subliminally shows her that he knows how to please a woman so any other person would be lucky to have him and wouldn't mind having him you don't have to cheat to show that but you do different things to show that I could have options if I wanted to, because look at how well I'm able to keep you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a woman, just uh, understand why you chose your guy. You know, there's times where him being an alpha, he may come off as an asshole. He may come off as overly confident. He may be a little negligent to your feelings, but have those conversations and maybe he can um, try to uh, accommodate you accordingly if he is in a committed relationship with you. And I think that if we can kind of keep that flame going of, you know, a guy being pleased sexually, he's pleased by how his woman caters to him um, and respects his alphaness in a sense and what he's doing out here in the world. And a guy keeping his woman entertained with her imagination and feeling pursued, we're going to allow ourselves to be lent to more successful relationships opposed to people uh, ruining their relationship and also feeling like they need something outside of their main person to fulfill certain voids. Yeah, I think that the emotional support is kind of where we always um, fail as like the alpha male. I was watching The Office last night, which is um, crazy. I normally don't watch the show, but I was bored as hell. So I started watching The Office, and it was just one scene. Quarantine life. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I could have sworn I saw every episode. And normally when I see every episode of a series, it has to be really good for me to keep watching it. But I was like, all right, whatever. I thought I saw every episode, and I caught this episode last night. And... Um, Pam, she was dating this guy, Roy, and everybody works in the same same office building. They work in the same company, same business. So Pam is a receptionist, Roy is the warehouse worker, and Jim is a salesman. So naturally, with like job title, you would think Jim would be the higher up because he's a salesman. Pam is low on the chart, she's a receptionist, and Roy is in the middle because he's a warehouse worker. Based on pay scales, we kind of title everybody like that. Roy and Pam, they're engaged, and Jim has this huge crush on Pam. Mm. The one scene I was watching last night, and I just kind of broke it down for everybody who doesn't watch. 
the one scene I was watching last night, they were planning a wedding, but mostly it was Pam planning the wedding and talking to Jim about it. That's like her best friend in the office. And she knows he has a crush on her, but she just doesn't admit it. She kind of denies it because he hasn't made that alpha move yet. And he's just like, yo, so what does Roy think about this? And she's like, oh, Roy doesn't want me to bother him with these little details or, you know, stuff like that. He's like, so you mean like he doesn't want you to talk to him about your feelings or anything like that? She's like, yeah. And he goes, oh, that's weird. Trying to play that subliminal role, like you're taking shots, like, yo, you need somebody who's going to pay attention to these little things with you type shit. Somebody who actually cares about you. Real quick, real quick, real quick. I'm just going to take say something for real quick. Um, what you're saying that how he hasn't uh, made it known that he likes her and stuff. It also talks about how in the rational male, like if a woman, you know, let's say you approach a woman in a club and uh, she says, oh, I have a man and you still pursue her. It shows her that you're not scared of confrontation because most people are scared of confrontation. And it's like, whoa, if this guy knows I have a man, and he's still willing to approach me. It's like, he doesn't mind confrontation, which also subliminally in her mind, in her mind, um, makes her feel like it's security for the future because in life you're going to have things that you have to confront, and even even people you have to confront. So it's also an alpha male quality to not really be scared of confrontation, and just just the, just those little subtle things can show a woman like, hey, he's not scared of confrontation now. I'm not saying be an asshole. She completely said just stop and keep pursuing, like you know, just making her uncomfortable, but. The element of not being scared of confrontation is also appeasing to a woman. But go ahead, what you were saying. Yeah. So pretty much, Jim was kind of like lay that groundwork as if like playing as a subliminal game. And this is why a lot of people I think are comfortable playing that friendship role because you sometimes see on TV like the guys been friends for a long time, and then they also happen to hit it off later on in life. I think in this series, I think he probably hits it off for maybe like season five or something like that. I forget. I don't really know the season too well, but most of the time. That timestamp is like right there. You'll see the guy end up loving the girl from episode one, and they don't really get together until like fucking episode fifty out of a hundred. Like you're willing to play this right. long term game when you have so many other options, so uh, so many other people throwing you advances, and you just well, you ignore that. You should have yeah. options, yeah. So with, because he's he's participating in one itis, he's like, no, this is the one I'm gonna do the most. Right, that I can do right, this. So exactly. Like, you know, Exactly. That's going to turn her off, too, and just use you, make her use you. But that's what I'm saying, where, like, the media portrays as, like, yo, that's just a good thing, because eventually she falls for him once he makes his power move. Like, he ends up um, telling her, yo, I love you, I'm in love with you, right before they have the wedding. And he already started, like, setting up opportunities, because he knew she wasn't going to leave. And right. he was like, all right, I'm just going to transfer to another office. So that right there shows, like, yo, you already gave up because, you know, she you tried your advance two times or whatever. She rejected you. Now you're giving up completely and moving away. Normally in life, that doesn't matter. In this series, right. it triggers something inside her. She calls up her wedding, and then she's single for whatever time. So just mm. watching it, it's just like we get so influenced by these things we see on TV instead of actually acting on our impulses. He should have told her from day one, like, yo, I'm feeling you, blah, blah, blah. Now, if she gives you the time of day, that means she's not afraid of her male's position. Her man's position, mm-hmm. he might be that beta. And if you come up as an alpha, she's willing to step out. Right. Also, always say, like, yo, just be careful shit like that because if she's willing to step out on her man, imagine what she'll do to you in the future type shit. It's just like right. life is such a crazy, a crazy balance, man. It's like once you get comfortable, that's when everything goes bad. You got to kind of like, just stay on your toes and shit. 
Mm-hmm. That's what this book has taught me as well. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we covered a lot of topics for episode one. We may do episode two. You mean the part two, I, part one, and part two. Part two. It's episode 24, two. yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but um, I think that uh, people listening, I hope that you got a lot of information from this and kind of maybe some perspective as to why you're struggling with women or why you're struggling, you know, in your relationship um, and really understanding the dynamics of male and female. And we want to hear your comments. We want to hear your feedback on this because we are planning on doing a part two, but we also want to go from the standpoint of some of the questions that you guys may have and kind of um, structuring our next conversation around that. And of course, reading further into the rational mail so we can have some more insight for you guys from this red pill standpoint. Um, what do you think about that? Tiquan? I think that's a good, I think that's good. Um, for everybody guys listening, we're going to try to get you guys this episode as soon as possible, but stay tuned to our Instagram because we're going to go live and we're going to talk about this and we want to kind of get your thoughts on that. So please, please participate in the comments. We have enough people that do participate, but I want to hear from more people because this is such a diverse topic. When we started talking right. about the um, the friendship topic, there were so many people chiming in and saying that piece. And it's just like, it's great to hear other people's opinions. A lot of times when you do these podcasts, we speak from what we know, but we don't get to hear the feedback from you guys. And that's why we're starting to go live more often. So for sure, for sure. And it's, it's a relatable topic. Yeah. So I, everyone is in the situation of being single and not having any options or being single mm-hmm. and wondering why women aren't paying you attention. And also, um, you know, if you're in a relationship, some people can relate to, you know, it's getting a little dull or why am I always getting into arguments or why did the fire die down? So exactly. hopefully that answered some questions and gave you some insight and prompted more questions. And again, we're going to do episodes, uh, sorry, part two um, sooner than later and make sure that we kind of cater to those questions as well. Right. So as far as social media, you can find me on Instagram at all I do is fit. Snapchat at all I do is fit. Facebook is Taekwon Lino. And was that it? I always forget these things. Uh, website. Website, yeah, website. All I do is fit.net. Yeah. And all I do is fit at gmail.com for email. Where, where can they email you if they want to get more of an uh, intimate combo? I just said that, Big Fella. Oh, you said the email? Yeah. My all bad. I do is fit at gmail.com. Uh, all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My name is Rashard Neal. You can find me at Rashard.Neal on Instagram, Rashard Neal Facebook, RashardNeal.com, Rashard.Neal on Snapchat. Um, if you want to email and talk a little deeper, that's uh, F as in Frank. So that's FFC life coaching at gmail.com. Um, I have a clothing line as well on RichardNeal.com where it talks about it, it, it caters to someone being about purpose, vision um, and having that mentality, even entrepreneurship. And uh, you'll see a lot of things on there that say Novi, N-O-V-E-E. And that's all about living a life of freedom. And again, that caters to the abundance mentality, that it caters to, you know, knowing knowing who you are and being a man on his purpose and keeping yourself as the prize, you know, which will essentially attract people of the opposite sex um, or women of, you know, for men, for women, it'll attract women. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I don't think I forgot anything. Maybe I did. I don't know. But um, we want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you for participating. Thank you for your comments and your feedback. And we're excited to do a part two. Uh, I believe we're going to go live on Instagram later on today to talk about this topic a little more. So if you are listening to this in the gap of time before we go ahead and go live, please tune into the live. 
and we'd love to hear your feedback.